When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. UK time. Thank you for joining us um, as we do these shows throughout the transfer window and, of course, into next season as well. I'm joined by Bailey. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good, TC, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Uh, hopefully, we should see an announcement today. We're hoping. Anyway, that's what we see. Um, do you think it might happen? I mean, we've seen leaked videos. If you want to, of course, watch that leaked video, you can see it on the channel. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's going to get announced today? I'd hope so. It's a Friday. I have hopes for Friday announcements. I think it might just be announced today. I think the yesterday's uh, leaks has now made it official and confirmed, basically. So Arsenal might as well just roll on and just get the get the deal out there, get it announced and let Jesus officially become an Arsenal player for Arsenal fans. I think today is the day. I'm going to put, if I had to bet on what day it would be, I'm going to put it on today. Well, uh, we passed the nine o'clock time, which is sometimes when they announce things. I remember we've seen a few things announced at nine o'clock. Arteta's contract, I remember being announced at nine. Um, I think we announced Matt Turner uh, pretty close to nine o'clock as well. Um, But of course, that doesn't mean anything. Fabio Vieira was announced in the afternoon. Uh, Well, I think it was like uh, like a five o'clock announcement, actually. So who knows? I remember that because it was a crazy, stressful last hour of shift, wasn't it, on that day? But... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting when indeed it is announced. As you probably seen the pictures of him walking around the Emirates Stadium with the number nine. How do you feel about him getting the number nine? Is that the right is that the yeah. right designation? Absolutely. What, what other number would he get? He deserves a number nine. He's clearly Arteta's man to be the striker for next season. Who's so ten can... at the moment? I'm trying to think. Um, who's ten? Smith, Odegaard's eleven. Smith Rowe's ten, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, number ten. Yep. So yeah, Gabriel Jesus deserves number nine for Brazil. Was number nine at Manchester City. So let him continue the trend by being number nine out there at the Arsenal. Can't complain to be honest. He's a striker, he's an artist's man, and he deserves the 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 traditional striker number. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think uh, Nketiah being number 14, Jesus being number nine. If we sign another striker, I'm trying to think if anyone's number 12. Has that number been taken? I'm not so sure off yeah. the top of my head. I'd have to check that. But uh, yeah, there's going to be some interesting numbers this season as to who will take what uh, in the Arsenal score for next year. The boys, of course, have returned to training, uh, unsurprisingly so, back, ready and getting underway. And there's also now been confirmed a, a new pre-season deadline for a fixture. Uh, a behind-closed-doors friendly is scheduled with Ipswich on Saturday. It's going to be predominantly made up of the under-23s, although they are now the under-21s, as described, with the new PL2 season taking up a new format. But there is expected to be some senior players in the Arsenal squad in there. This is early. I mean, Arsenal only returned to training on the 27th, Bailey. Is there any argument here that we're putting too much pressure on these guys to get back into... I know it's not a competitive fixture, but into another match scenario. No, all their professional footballers, if they've kicked a ball, I'm sure they've had their... 
I remember when I know I wasn't a professional footballer, but when I did used to play football in pre-season. Only speaking from no experience. (laughs) (laughs) The first few sessions is without a ball, but as soon as you kick a ball in the next few sessions, you're good to play. And I think it's a perfect opportunity for the boys who are, because I think there's players there who are not in Arteta's plans. So why not try and play a game and try and get in Arteta's plans as soon as possible before we do fly out to the States and play teams like Chelsea, where I'm sure Arteta will be looking at. He's more first team, he's more senior players. So it's a good chance for the boys to really just impress early on. And why not play a game? Why not? If you're kicking the ball, then you're good enough to play a game. Yeah, look, I I, I do slightly disagree. I, you know, I, I appreciate behind the closed doors friendlies. It's not strenuous or whatever, but... You know, there's so many games across a season. You know, for me, I'd rather see a big kind of fitness regime, get these guys back up to full fitness first. Are we throwing them into the deep end too soon? Is there a risk of injury? Because we only returned on the 27th. You know, if we see stories coming out of injuries after that game, then there's going to be controversy. There's going to be controversy indeed. Anyway, let's move on to the main topic of discussion, which, of course, uh, is transfers uh, with us in the swing of transfers. Lissandro Martinez, Bailey, continues to be linked as the primary target for the moment. Man United are reportedly preparing their first bid of around 40 million euros, not pounds, which would be the same as Arsenal's bid, who put in a 35 plus 5 million pound bid most recently. Are you concerned by United's kind of interest at this point? Absolutely. I remember a couple last week I tweeted that I have Flavich PTSD. Now I have Rafinha PTSD <laughs> in my system. And it makes sense for Martinez to, to prefer Manchester United simply because Eric Ten Hag is at the club. And I think he knows Eric Ten Hag. It'd be easier for him to settle in because he had the manager in Ajax. Of course, Ten Hag is trying to sign Frankie de Jong. It looks like he's trying to reconnect the Ajax team. And of course, they already signed uh, the other Dutch wing, uh, left back as well. So, mm, yeah, so it's clear where, where Ten Hag is going. And Martinez, I wouldn't be surprised if he did prefer Manchester United simply because Arsenal and Manchester United at the moment, they're in the same position in terms of what they can achieve next season, the competitions they're competing in. And Martinez simply has Eric Ten Hag as the extra attractive uh, uh, trait to, 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 join, to join Manchester United. So it does concern me, absolutely. Mm, yeah, I am concerned a little bit, to be honest. Like, I'm worried that Arsenal won't stump up the money quick enough. I get the idea around, you know, it's a bidding process and Arsenal need to try and get maximum value for what they invest in. If they go to the full asking price immediately, it could compromise Arsenal's ability to sign players in other areas when we need, of course, a central midfielder, uh, a wide forwards and, and this Lissandra Martinez profile as well. If we go big on one of those signings, it could stop us from potentially signing someone else. So Arsenal need to try and get maximum value as best they can. But I'm still going to be worried all the time that, of course, we're going to miss out on the potential of signing someone. Um, and if it is Martinez, who I think should quite rightly be the you know the priority for Arsenal this summer because he's so versatile. There's so much quality in his game. We've heard from the experts on the channel and elsewhere that he is so highly thought of that if Arsenal get hold of him, it'd be a real coup for the club. And if Man United get hold of him, it's only going to make Arsenal's challenge for the top four next season that much harder. Um, now, We've been, obviously, with the season incoming, there's lots of discussions about who starts and what positions take up where. And William Saliba, in particular, has, has been in full focus. But a certain Mr. Gabby Ogbonlahor has come out uh, and, ber- not, I won't say berated, uh, but I think has been pretty harsh on Ben White. He says, Ben White is very overrated. For me, Gabriel and Saliba would be my starters next season. I don't know how much Ogbonlahor's watched Saliba. You know, I'm not going to bet on him. I've watching loads of Marseille last year. But 
there seems to be this continuous kind of bashing of Ben White, and I don't get it, especially from a media perspective and punditry perspective. He really gets battered. And I thought he had a really good season last year as well. You know, progressed our play from the back, changed the way that we play out from the back. And, you know, he's got Premier League experience. Saliba had a really good season for Marseille, but wasn't perfect, had his mistakes, as 20-year-old centre-backs will. And I feel like we've got to bed that guy in and gradually integrate him into the squad. So what do you make of kind of not only the, the over-criticism, I think is a fair description of it, mm-hmm. of Ben White, but also kind of this hype around Saliba immediately? Yeah, look, I don't understand what else Ben White could have done last season. I think the first mm. game against Brentford really did set the tone for for pundits. Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, of course, did jump on the, the Ben White <clears throat> sorry hate train. And since then, pundits have, and fans alike have looked for any opportunity to, to criticise Ben White. But after that Brentford game, he was solid throughout the season. He didn't. He made hardly any mistakes. I can't pick out any mistakes where I think, wow, that was bad for Ben White. He was solid. As you said, TC, he did it in the hearts of the fence. He, he promotes Arteta's system in terms of playing out from the back, keeping the ball. That's important. And to call him overrated, it's unfair. Maybe the price tag could be hefty. You could argue that. But to call him overrated, I disagree. Kara Southgate rates him. He puts him in the England squad, of course, uses him. Not to mention Ben White's versatility, where he can play right back and centre back, was absolutely pivotal last season because in some games we needed him at right back and some games he played there, we got the win. So he showed his importance in that type, in, that, in that aspect. So Call him overrated is is a lazy opinion. I think it's unfair. I think if you looked at it from the scheme of things, Gabriel and Ben White created a very, very solid partnership last season. That was the reason why we were able to complete, compete for a Champions League position, which no one predicted. So mm. it's unfair to call Ben White uh, overrated. But Saliba, the hype definitely is deserved as well. I think it is deserved. He was excellent last season. He was mm-hmm. the best centre-back in Ligue 1 last season. He got recognition from the France squad, the World Cup champions who have an excellent selection of defenders, but Sleeper's able to come up and start at 20 years old. You don't see too many centre-backs in world football at this young age getting this much hype, getting this much recognition, being in the France team. So he definitely deserves, deserves the hype and he will be pushing Ben White for a position next season, I'm sure. But as you said, TC, it'll be easier to to let him gradually work his way into the squad. I, hope, I don't think he should come in and immediately start with Ben White. That's, that's, that's not possible. I don't think it's fair either. I think he needs to earn his spot mm. at Arsenal rather than doing it at another club. But the sleeper hype definitely is definitely is um, just worth it. It's been worth what he's been, been, how highly he's been praised. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can appreciate two players. There's always seeming kind of this idea of pitting one against another and you've got to be on one camp or the other side. I don't really understand that. I think you can appreciate both players, their qualities, and especially considering the position of Saliba being the young guy coming in, not got any experience in English football as of yet. Not necessarily his fault that he hasn't. He's not been given the opportunity yet. But he needs to still work now being in the squad and Arteta relying on him to come in and be an option for us next season. I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do. I'm looking forward to seeing what Saliba provides for us. And we might get to see that soon, especially on the US tour coming up very soon indeed. Um, David says, Bailey, so do you really think that Ben White should start ahead of Saliba? I mean, against Crystal Palace, first game of the season, who are you picking at right centre-back? Oh, Ben White, absolutely. I think, Saliba, I'm not saying for the whole season. I reckon Saliba can challenge Ben White for a spot, but I don't know why you're going to break up Gabriel Magalhães and Ben White immediately when they create a very strong partnership. I don't think that's the right thing to do. We've brought Saliba back. We have Europa League games. We have cup games. And that is a perfect chance for Saliba to, to stake a claim. You don't know Ben White might start the season terribly and then Saliba has a great chance to overtake him. But for now, as it stands, I don't know why you would not start Ben White and Gabriel Magalhães next to each other because they created a very, very strong mm. partnership and you can't just ruin that. 
Yeah, it's not like, you know, Fabio Vieira's got to earn his spot as well yeah. next season. Jesus is a very different scenario. He's been in the Premier League for ages. He's got, you know, years of experience, Premier League titles galore. And, you know, our other option is Eddie Nketiah. So, you know, it's he is obviously ahead of him in the pecking order immediately and so would start. But it's very different for, for Saliba. Let's look at the questions in the chat box uh, and take uh, some of them. Van of Duty. I love this name. This is great. Uh, says, uh, I'm trying to picture what a Van of Duty would look like. Um, says, is it true all offers have been approved, have to be approved by KSE? And it causes delays. If it if it is, should Josh base himself in London for the majority of the transfer window? Just to tackle this quickly, without sounding too sarcastic, there is a thing called WhatsApp. You don't need to be in the same location, of course, for these deals to be um, kind of you know verified. WhatsApp, I can tell you for a fact, is where most transfer deals take place between agents, between directors, between managers. Offers are sent through WhatsApp all the time between clubs. You might think it has to become some official process, but just verbal, as they describe, verbal offers are usually often done through WhatsApp. You know, it's just a quick encrypted process of of, a, of dealing with, with between clubs. That's why sometimes you often see leaked WhatsApp messages that come out. I remember the Partey deal on deadline day. There was lots of leaked WhatsApp messages going around. And it's genuine. You know, it does happen. So, no, they don't have to be based in London all the time. You can get hold of people through that. Um, but, yes, they do need to be approved by KSE because they are the owners. They own the club. They're 100% shareholders and so if we are spending money of course it has to be approved by kse does that delay things no more or less than it does for any other club whose owners also have to sign off on potential bids being put in so yeah it's it's a pretty normal process uh let's go to a question for christos bailey who says hey tom uh and bailey do you think we could be buying martinez for the number six role no, I don't think so. I think um, he will come in to be first as a rotational option for Gabriel Magalhaes, be used as a left-back and for the number six role. I don't think solely as the number six role. I think he could be an option there, but I do think more, more so at full-back and centre-back. But again, he can be used as a number six. But I think we do have so much players like Thomas Party, Granit Xhaka in that position. But we do need another midfielder. I think Yuri Tielemans, a midfielder such as that, would be a better option for another midfield um, signing. But Again, Martinez can be used in all three positions. So potentially, potentially. You can. Uh, Mahamdim says, with our transfer window not going as well as we'd hoped so far uh, and teams around us getting our targets, how confident are you that we'll have fifth best, how confident we'll have the fifth best squad in the league? You know, last season, I thought we started off with the fifth best squad. Hopefully we can go into next season with a top four squad. It's very difficult to differentiate now between United, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs because, you know, the, the quality of the squads is getting so close between one another that it is difficult to kind of look at them. I think that's harsh to say our window is not going as well as we'd hoped. In June, we got four players through the door, <laughs> including Gabriel Jesus, you know, so like our primary striker target. Rafinha was a bit of a surprise. Arsenal were never going to go as high as £65 million, I don't think, for Rafinha. It just wasn't realistic. I think it's harsh to say it's not going as well as we'd hoped so far. Do you, do you agree? I think we've done pretty well so far. In yeah, the I think we've done well. I think this is a very, very unique window where I haven't seen so many teams doing their transfer business early. I think Tottenham mm. have had an excellent transfer window. Manchester City uh, about to finish their transfer window. Liverpool have finished their transfer window, if reporters are to be believed. 
of course, Chelsea are now starting to get into fifth gear and starting to ramp up there. Their pursuit for signings, of mm. course, and Manchester United are just Manchester United. So they're just a mess at the moment with their transfers. But we are having a very good transfer window for Arsenal. If you just, I put, I, I, if you isolate Arsenal, compare it to tr- previous transfer windows, we have not been this efficient and we've not been this, this proactive. And at the moment, I think it's too early to say has it been a good window? Has it not been a successful window? I think towards the end of the window, that's when you can judge if this period was good or not. Good, good or not. I think if we finish the window with players we have now, it would not be a good window because we have a lot of strengthening to do still in the defensive field and in the wing forward position. I think the wing forward position is an absolute necessity and we mm. need to sign a Rafinha alternative. I would be disappointed if we do not sign a Rafinha alternative. But looking at it now, if you had to judge the first month, I'd call it a success because we've got our main target, which is Gabriel Jesus. We signed Fabio Vieira, of course. We've got in a backup goalkeeper and we signed a youngster. But again, there's still a lot, a lot of work to do for now mm. to call it a success or a failure to judge it. And also, we look like we've wrapped up the Saliba situation, you know, yeah. that he's coming back and, and staying with the club, which was a big, big question over this summer transfer window. Uh, Justin says, I'm trying to stay positive, guys, but this Martinez bid for United has me rattled. Uh, Rafinha, I've put, uh, put me behind, but I think... I like uh, Martinez a lot. If we lose out, who could be another target for us? Justin, I've got a piece coming out today specifically looking at all the alternatives to Martinez. Um, So make sure you keep your eyes peeled to football.london and there will be a piece out about the possibilities. It's a tough ask to find players that can play three positions uh, as well as Martinez can, believe me. Um, and we go into a little bit of detail about that. So make sure that you'll keep your eyes peeled to football.london for those pieces. Uh, Graham says, 100 million spend on Lissandra Martinez, Fabian Ruiz and Marco Asensio with our real depth to the squad. Shaking your heads there. In fact, whenever I see Marco uh, Marco Asensio's name, absolutely no. I cannot. No, 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 no. What is it you don't like about him? No. I'm curious. TC, I'm telling you, he's not been the same player since his ACL injury doesn't excite me. I think he his his stats haven't been the greatest either. His ACL injury does worry me. When players have the ACL injury and they haven't returned to their normal level, it does show that they've had a decline and it will take a while, if if so, if he can even return to that level, coming to a new league as well. I just don't see him fitting in at Arsenal and the price that is being quoted from as well. I'd say no, I think we should stay away from, from Marco Asensio. I don't think he would I don't think he would improve our squad if he came into the team. I don't think it would enhance us. I'd rather keep Smith Rowe Martin and Lee Saka as as our options and I'd rather go for someone else. And Marco Asensio, no. Fair enough. I look, I agree with you. He hasn't been the same since um, you know, he hasn't been the same since last season. He just hasn't. Um, or the season before last when he obviously returned from injury. I think it was the end of the the start of the pandemic, actually, project restart when he came back and looked like he might kick on because I think he scored on his return. But yeah, he hasn't been the same player. Maybe a move is what would unlock that, but it is a risk. Um, if it was a case of him or no one, obviously I would like us to bring someone in. But I think there are better options than Asensio out there that you could probably get for a similar price tag. I'd like to see us, I'd rather see us go for someone like I say, a Pedro Gonçalves from Sporting over, over Asensio or a Musa Diaby or someone along these lines of Cody Gakpo, of course. So, you know, one of these types I'd rather see Arsenal went for than Asensio. And this is coming from one of Asensio's biggest fans. So, you know, I'd, I'd rather see us move for someone along those lines as well. Um, Van of Duty says, have you seen the emerging links to the Benfica left? I assume you mean Grimaldo. I've not seen them. Have you, Bailey? I've not no, seen Grimaldo mentioned at all. I'm doing a quick Twitter search to see if the ITKs have come out from hiding. Um, Ekrem Kanur has said, Arsenal have held talks about Benfica Spanish left-back Grimaldo. Uh, Juventus, Chelsea, Barcelona, also interested. Wouldn't say it's the 
the best source of information. But uh, and there's been no cross referencing of that. And I've yeah, I, I can't say I've heard anything along those lines at all. Uh, Martinez is obviously a situation where. If they miss out on him, they're going to want to look for alternatives that could cover at left back. Ronaldo could do that. Um, I like the player. You know, don't get me wrong. I think he'd be a very decent signing for Arsenal. But uh, yeah, there's been no doubling up or doubling down on on that one at all. Uh, Michaela says Jesus' signing will take uh, his football talent to another level. That will make him one of the best Premier League players that has ever been seen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> High praise indeed. Um, let's go to Richie says, uh, same links to Arda Gula appeared again today. What do you make of him? He's the, the young Turkish talent, I think. Uh, I'm right in saying. Let me just have a quick check. Um, he is indeed plays for Fenerbahce. Has been playing with Meza Özil. Uh, he was, I think, Özil actually came out and kind of gave him high praise during his time. Mm. Have not seen a lot of him at all. Uh, he's only uh, 17 years of age, but last season uh, for the under-19s, got 11 goals, 10 assists. Has played in the senior Turkish league, three goals, three assists in 12 games at 17. Clearly a talent, um, but I've not seen a lot of him. I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal are monitoring that situation because they tend to monitor the the best youngsters around Europe. But uh, no, I've not seen uh, that we're going to make a move at this stage. But that could change. Um, who knows? It's going to be an interesting window. Um, thank you for tuning in. We'll obviously be back on Monday for the next Arsenal Agenda show as we do these on weekdays at 10am UK time. And thank you for the support on the channel. We smashed through our targets and have gone past the 16,000 subscriber figure and you guys have really been digging a lot of the social videos going out on the channel as well, which has been much appreciated. If you are new to the channel, um, we do these shows every weekday, 10 a.m., and usually do a afternoon upload amongst other updates as well. Bailey, thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate your time. Thank you, TC, and everyone in the comments section as well. Absolutely. Do drop a like before you go, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs>